tonight, once again, Pittsburghers will have to come to grips with the grim truth that the world's best hockey player doesn't play here anymore. Good morning to you. Good Wednesday morning. I'm Dayan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Penguins. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or baseball. I also offer up Daily Shots of Steelers and Pirates right where you found this. The Penguins and Oilers will face off tonight at Rogers Place. It's a 10.08 p.m. drop of the puck Eastern time, and it will be treated up there in northern Alberta and across Canada as some sort of passing of the torch. And I know this because I've covered the Penguins' three previous trips up there, and every one of them was the same. All kinds of extra media show up, Canadian national media, and they're all putting together the same story package. Sid versus Connor. Sid versus Connor. Never mind that the best actual player in the NHL might be McDavid's teammate, Leon Dreisaitl, the current leading scorer with 20 goals and 20 assists. But I digress. I think it's pretty much universally accepted at this point that it's McDavid. And Sid isn't McDavid. Sid was able to admirably hang in there in that discussion for quite a while, probably longer than a lot of people had expected. And Sid, for what it's worth, would elevate to some other stratosphere in the head-to-head matchups. Remember the overtime goal a couple years ago up there? Yeah, how could you forget just basically danced through everybody and ended up whipping that backhander up over Cam Talbot. Just a just a spectacular play, and to do it on that stage tells you a lot about Sid and who he is. He ascended to where he did, being the best player in the world of his generation and acclaimed as that for a very long time because for as humble as he genuinely is and as, oh, what's the word I'm looking for here? As, as, as every man, as he not just comes across, but again, genuinely is, he's also got that drive. Mike Sullivan brought it up when... We were up in Montreal a few days ago to that group of reporters saying that he's never coached a player who has the kind of drive that Sid does. And that's part of it. In order to be the best, one of the things that you have to do is to beat the best. And there is no question that what Sid was doing in that game and in other head-to-head matchups with McDavid was wanting to show who's still boss. And I think you're going to see some of that tonight, even if it isn't something that'll be expressed by the captain as any kind of a big deal. Yeah, I think you just, I think the part, you know, 
you know, loving to compete and, and the part that you enjoy about about the game is the challenges every night. And, uh, you know, obviously he's uh, he's one of the biggest, um, you know, dry sidle as well. I mean, you play against guys like that. Um, as I said before, I think it brings out brings out the best in everybody. But that's, you know, partly why you play the game is for challenges like that. So, um, you know, everybody will say, like, each night, you know, you're either facing off against somebody or you have, you know, a D pairing or a goalie you're going up against. And, and obviously when you're going against uh, Connor, it's uh, it's quite the challenge. And at the same time, it's it's fun, though. That's why you play. But it will be a big deal. Rest assured, it will be a big deal for him. This portion of Daily Shot of Penguins is brought to you by the good people at the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank, where they're committed to providing food for all of our neighbors in need across western Pennsylvania. They, in turn, need your help. Find out how $1 can be turned into five full meals for those in need. Visit pittsburghfoodbank.org. But here's the other part of it. Sid isn't scoring. It's been 10 games now since his comeback, and while there's every mulligan available to a player of his stature, obviously, I'm sure he wants to get scoring himself for no reason other than to score and, you know, help the team. Because the Penguins overall have just 11 goals in their last six games, and they're leaning way too heavily on Tristan Jari. And if they do that again tonight, especially against the NHL's number one power play, the Oilers are at a ridiculous 37.7% conversion rate, by the way, then they're going to lose this game. And they're going to lose a lot of games. And Sid always feels that burden. He has ever since he was a young child. He had to score most of his team's goals, or at least create most of his team's goals. So this isn't anything new. But now to add that into all the the standard 87 versus 97 stuff and all the extra graphics you're going to see on the TV screen tonight comparing them, that's that's... You know, the word is uncomfortable. I'm a lifer here. And for most of my time on this earth, the best player or one of the top two or three best players in the world played right here in Pittsburgh. From the time Mario Lemieux came into the league in 1984, man, it didn't take but two, three years max for him to be seen as either the equal or the superior to a certain other Edmonton center. And eventually, actually not all that long after that, it became pretty clear who was the more talented player. Mario will always be the greatest player in hockey history when it comes down to just measuring what he could do on the ice. And we're always pretty comfortable with that. You know, Yarmir Yager then takes the throne, wins multiple scoring titles and MVPs and carries the team into the playoffs 
virtually by himself, staving off bankruptcy and everything else. Remember all that? For those of you who go back. And then, of course, came the lottery and Sid and Gino. And I mean, Gino gets Art Ross, Hart Trophy, everything else in Sid's tenure on Sid's team. Very Dreisaitl-like, actually. And we've been just overwhelmed with an unfair imbalance of riches here in Pittsburgh. And one trait that I've noticed about hockey fans in our market is you know, cringe a little bit before acknowledging that somebody else might be better on some other team. Not born out of rivalries, not born out of, uh, you know, the Claude Giroux nonsense, if you'll recall. That was just, it was ridiculous that anyone would think a flyer could be better than a penguin, but the baton being passed, if you'll recall, that lasted, that baton passing did for about, oh, I don't know, five minutes after that one shift. The Penguins don't have the best player in the world anymore. If you look at the league's current leading scorers, they might not have someone who's top five or ten. That's not an insult to Sid. That's acknowledging the same reality that affects, oh, 100% of all humans. We do slow down. We do deteriorate. He's doing it well. He's doing it gracefully. But he's not that guy anymore. And that's tough to acknowledge. It just is. I'm reminded of a, a line written by Larry Brooks, the New York Post's great hockey writer for many, many years, and still is, back when the Penguins won the draft lottery to get Sid. Larry wrote that it makes sense for the NHL's next truly generational talent to go to Pittsburgh because people in North America are used to Pittsburgh being a marquee hockey city. They had already become comfortable with that. He was comparing the Penguins, this was back then, mind you, to the Lakers in that sense. So when the Lakers got Kobe Bryant after they'd already had Magic Johnson and so forth, it just felt like a continuation. And I loved that line at the time, and it turned out to be so prescient. Because then it started becoming about Sid and Gino and everything else here. And, and Pittsburgh is just seen as that team. When they come to your town, it's like the Globetrotters showing up. It is like the Lakers or other teams that are similar in that vein. There aren't many of them. It's, this is, we're getting to that time where we've got to start acknowledging it. You know, when we come back, just one question. Just one question that's brought to you always on this program by Fubo TV. 
monthly cost of cable is over 200 bucks. Fubo TV is 65 bucks a month to watch all the same channels, including AT&T Sportsnet Pittsburgh. And right now, Fubo TV is offering our listeners of this show a seven-day free trial and 15% off your first month. Just go to FuboTV.com slash DK. FuboTV.com slash DK. And today's J1Q comes from Greg Church, who asks, Oh, no. Oh, this is a hard one. <laughs> Sorry, I looked ahead here. Hello, Dan. I've got a J1Q for you. If the Penguins had this version of Tristan Jari during last year's playoffs, how far do they go? Well, Greg, the beauty of a question like this is that anything I say can't possibly be wrong since it's purely hypothetical, but I am going to stubbornly continue to insist that that team with that momentum, with that cohesion, and that level of health, remember they had all just started getting better at the same time? That team was a contender. Now, how far would they have gone? Could they have gone? My feeling is if Jari played like this, and that's asking a ton in the playoffs, incidentally, different world. And I don't just mean that psychologically. I'm talking about in terms of net crashing, uh, screens, tips, the whole deal, injuries. When your goalie's going this hot, he's going to get run. And he's going to get run several times a game, and he's going to get hurt. He might not get hurt enough to get knocked out, but he's going to feel it, and he's going to feel it more and more game after game. So there's a lot of different variables to throw in here. What I think would have happened is that the Penguins could have gotten through two rounds, and then they would have had just a hell of a time trying to get past Tampa because the Lightning are big and bad enough that they would have they would have found their targets and gone after them and by then it would have been clear to John Cooper and the Bolts that Sid's wrist wasn't right and that wouldn't have taken much advanced scouting we all saw him constantly taking off the glove and flexing that wrist around in circles all it takes is one Adam Graves whack, and that wrist gets a whole lot worse. We also would have seen someone go after Gino's knee. Gino left it all out there in game six against the Islanders. One of the better individual performances, I thought, of his later stage to his career. He was unbelievable. He was skating four feet above everyone else who participated. But how long was he going to be able to do that on a knee that would require reconstructive surgery just weeks later? That's where I get skeptical here. How many zillions of additional goals from Jeff Carter were you going to get at age 36 and at the end of an already long season between Los Angeles and Pittsburgh? How many defensemen were going to get hurt along the way and expose the depth there? This is where, it, you know, I hate to keep focusing on injuries and everything else, but, you know, if we're being real here, that's a lot of what 
winning a championship is all about, and that seems to be what you're asking, Greg. So, no, I don't think the Penguins would have won the Stanley Cup. I think they would have reached the Eastern Final with this caliber of Jari goaltending, and I think they would have been a game opponent for the Lightning, but I, I believe that the Bolts would have still advanced in large part because of the things that I mentioned. And also, never ask me another hypothetical question again. They make me break out in hives. Let's just deal with reality. It's interesting enough, right? I appreciate the question, though, seriously, and I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Penguins. Let's do another one tomorrow. 